Welcome back to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. I am your host, Blair Dreesen, and today we're going to have another really fun episode in our Women's Health Healing and Connecting Deeper to Our Body series. Today's guest, I am like so excited to have this conversation with her because I know that there's going to be a lot of things within this conversation specifically that I don't know about. So I'm really going to be learning a lot in this conversation right along with you guys. Um, but this is definitely an area, especially within women's health and connecting deeper to our bodies that we just don't hear enough about. Um, so before we get into like our topic and our guest, let me just kind of share with you how I know our guest and how she came into my space. So Logan, when I, I don't think I was following you before I started doing the soul flow love by facilitator program. I don't believe that I was. Um, but when I did that program, I know you guys have heard me talk about it or have seen me sharing about it on social media. Um, I started that certification program at the beginning of this year, and I was with a really amazing group of other women and they were all doing really great, amazing things, you know, in the world. And Logan really caught my eye right away because of the conversations she was having when she was talking about the, the womb and menstruation and connecting our, our bodies and, and connecting deeper into our bodies and our feminine energy and just like really honoring our own process that we go through as women. Um, and like just all the things that I geek out on, but I wish she was just sharing all these things that again, I don't know enough about. So I just started following her and really loving everything that she was sharing. And then I know I just kind of started like talking to her. I think we, we just started talking in the DMS going back and forth a little bit. And when I had the, uh, the download to do this series and really talk about, it, I immediately knew I wanted to have her on and really go further into this conversation with her. So Logan, why don't you go ahead first and just kind of like introduce yourself who you are, you know, the magic that you're pouring in this world, kind of just like what you're all about. Oh my gosh, Blair, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel super excited to be here and just have this conversation with you. Super honored to, to share this space together. So thank you. Um, yeah, guys, I'm Logan on Instagram. You can find me at the womb maven and, um, I've worn lots and lots of different hats in the entrepreneurial space, but um, the one that feels just like coming home, um, but that I resisted for a really long time because I was afraid of it, is in helping women, like Blair was saying, reconnect with their bodies, helping women specifically reconnecting with their, their creative power as creative beings. So coming back home into the body um, in order to quantum leap into um, exponential amounts of bliss and overflow, whether it's in terms of, you know, their relationships or finances or what, whatever, what have you, you know, women are creator beings. So we have this beautiful potential to create something from nothing. And whether you're speaking in terms of creating life or creating business, we have this innate ability to create. So I love helping women reconnect to that power within themselves so that they can then you know, have, have whatever it is, whether it's the, the family, the business, the, the, what have you fill in the blank. And I really utilize feminine embodiment, business energetics and sacred strategy to do that. Um, and I, I don't know how deep down the wormhole you want me to go Blair, if you want me to share like my background or anything like that, how I yeah. actually got here, but that's really what I do is just 
help women reconnect to their bodies. Because in my mind, reconnecting to the body is the foundation of everything. Mm. You know, if we don't feel safe in our body, especially as entrepreneurs, as business owners, or as mothers, as wives, as, you know, whatever hat you're wearing, if you don't feel safe in your body to show up in your fullness, then how can you ever expect to really give the world what you're here to give the world? If you're constantly questioning yourself and, and all of these things are really rooted in the safety that we feel in the body, which is why it's so important to me to always come back to that. Like the body is the foundation. And once we feel safe within ourselves, then we can go out and, and do whatever big things we're meant to do in the world. I love that so much. Cause I know like so much of the work that I'm doing with women is really, is that nervous system regulation work really helping them, you know, ease the body, feel safe in the body and really be able yeah. to step into their true essence of who they truly are and kind of removing all those, the rules and the lies and the doubts and the fears that they've just kind of attached themselves to as they've yeah. been growing up in this, you know, very, um, conditioned society that we live in. We are being conditioned every single day, especially when we're children and we're just attaching to all of those, you know, that all of those lies that we are told. And then we are just, that's why we feel just so dysregulated when we become of adults, because we've been pulled away from our true essence. And so yeah. talk a little bit then about that, like how you then kind of stepped into this, like becoming safe in your own body, like what that journey looked like. Mm. I love this question. So this for me personally, like I had a, like, I'm sure I don't want to like generalize and say we all did, but I had a super volatile relationship with my body growing up. And my whole MO with my body was control, like control, control, control. I have very vivid memories of my mom telling me, and she wasn't doing it to be like mean or anything like that. Like our parents can only give us what they have to give. Right. So she was just doing the best that she knew how to do, but very vivid memories of, you know, my mom telling me, I remember I was, I think I was like 13 and we were walking into a Kmart in Tampa, Florida. We were visiting my, my dad's side of the family. We're walking into a Kmart and I was wearing a green tank top and a denim skirt. Like this is how vivid this memory is for me. And I was walking ahead of my mom into the Kmart and she said, you know, Logan, your body would be perfect if you didn't have those love handles. And, you know, she, she told me very frequently that I had broad shoulders. I was built like a linebacker. I was big boned. I was thick, like just had all of these like labels and, and images put on me. My dad's side of the family is Hispanic and all of the women on, on his side of the family are all very curvy and voluptuous. So, you know, I was lumped in with them because I wasn't like, you know, <laughs> small, I guess. And, you know, so I had very, very, um, I mean, it was toxic. It was toxic. You know, the, the way that my mom went about sharing it and, and, and pr like projecting these things onto me. So from a very early age, I had massive distrust with my body and my whole MO was to control, 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 which ended up being looking like, um, an eating disorder throughout high school where I would just exercise, 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 and starve myself. And, um, that kind of went until I, I got into college and I got pregnant with my first um, daughter. I got pregnant in, I think my sophomore or junior year, my sophomore year. And all of that came to a screeching halt because, you know, pregnancy. And um, then my body, my body image issues and my relationship with my body just kind of blew up on a whole new dimension when, you know, I, I couldn't control it anymore. And, um, so I just kind of gave up trying to control, but I, I was very disconnected from my body. Um, during this whole time, I was also 
on hormonal birth control, which is something else we can talk about. But um, I got yes. put on hormonal birth control at 13. I was diagnosed with PMDD. So all of this, all of this coming in and, and you know, just this massive distrust in my body. I didn't like my body. I didn't like what it looked like. I, I was constantly told that I couldn't control my body. So then I was trying to control my body. Fast forward to um, 18 months postpartum with my first daughter. I get introduced to the world of Beachbody. Beachbody comes in, teaches me, um, you know, nutrition and, and fitness and things that I didn't know. And, um, you know, while I'm so grateful that I had the experience of Beachbody because it did teach me those foundational fundamental things. It also just gave me a tangible tool to control myself and my body even more. Mm. So what I thought was this blossoming, flourishing, you know, really, really beautiful relationship with my body was actually just more toxicity of me trying and actually succeeding at controlling my body because now I knew how to do it. Like I knew how to restrict my caloric intake. I knew how to, you know, exercise seven times a week and, you know, doing all of these things. And I got the results. And it wasn't until my, my stretch with Beachbody was about three and a half years. And at the end of that, I, I got to this place where I had the perfect body, right? I had the body that I had told myself my whole life I wanted, and I still hated it. And that's really where this deeper connection to the body came into play, because I was like, okay, I have the external things that I always thought I wanted. And internally, I still feel nothing. I still feel so disconnected. I still feel so much resentment and, and shame towards my body. And um, that's when I really started to dive in and be like, okay, what, what else is there? <laughs> if, if the external physical form isn't it, then what is? And that's where, you know, I started diving into personal growth and development and um, inner child healing and remothering and, and then I had three back-to-back -back pregnancies, which just kind of initiated me even deeper into this womb work and this just really, really understanding the sacredness that it is to be a woman and seeing my feminine body as more than just a body and seeing it more as this vessel for creation and for experiences and, you know, all these other beautiful things. So that whole experience has kind of led me here. Like I've, I've been through, you know, hating my body and controlling my body and manipulating my body and starving my body and, you know, pushing my body beyond its limits because I hated it so deeply to now just being in awe and reverence. So, like, guys, you, you don't know my story yet, but like <laughs> nine days ago from the, no, 10 days ago now, I, I, my body gave me another beautiful gift of life. I gave birth to my son 10 days ago. And here I am on this podcast and living my life and doing all these beautiful things. Just 10 days ago, I, I delivered a baby. Like our bodies are so incredibly beautiful and it's taken all of this for me to be able to see that. Um, but it's been such an incredible journey. So I don't even remember the question now. I'm just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this. You were, you were sharing this journey, this evolution of really of, of coming home and, and being feeling yeah. safer in the body. And I can relate to so much of this. And I did, I wrote down little things. Cause I was like, yes, yes. Like I definitely want to be able to speak, talk about more on that, but they're just to self-reflect back. And I feel like this, I hear this a lot with a lot of women is this because I, much like you, right. I, you know, people know in my audience that there for a long time, I was working in the health and fitness industry, just like you. Um, yeah. and you know, like you, I realize only now that that only further perpetuated the eating disorders, my body dysmorphia, because I was giving it a seemingly positive outlook. And then on top of it, 
being someone who me energetically as a projector, and this was before I knew this whole being seen, being heard, being validated, but when we're not really honoring it for myself, like me seeing it for myself, and I'm working in a way more of outside validation, I was getting validated all the time, whether it was for the weight loss, whether it was for the business expansion, whether it was for, you know, yeah, just me essentially controlling my body to get these results. Yep. Right. And I was getting validated all the time for it. So then I was like, yes, I'm doing the right thing. And like you mentioned, the further I got to this body that I kept thinking, oh, this is what's going to make me happy. The more unhappy I was becoming and the more disconnected I was becoming. And I kept getting more frustrated because I was like, here I am preaching self-love and trying to help people with self-love. And even though I felt like I was being able to help people in that way, I was still struggling behind the scenes to really, really love myself. And I think it really got cracked open for me when I had my explant surgery and I had my implants removed July of 2020. Then it was like having to really face my body and and really see it. It just opened that all up. And it just was like pouring out of me of this recognition of my body has not felt safe this whole time. I've been in an illusion of what I thought was safe. Yeah. Right. And I think that a lot of women, we do that. We are creating illusions of safety in our body based usually off of what society is telling us of how we should look. Yeah. Because then once we kind of fall in alignment with the expectation of how we're supposed to look, then the, the safety is external, right? Like you were saying all this external Mm -hmm. validation, but really the, the, I think the key is to, to find that within yourself first. Like, how can you source that sense of safety within? Mm -hmm. I remind myself all the time, like, how can I create and cultivate the safety within my body that I desire to have outside of my body? And that's been such like, I just constantly check in with myself on that, like throughout the day, every day, it's just like an ongoing practice for myself now. Like if I'm feeling unsafe externally, okay, I can't really control a ton of what's outside of me. (laughs) So how can I cultivate that safety inside of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's really what the whole journey has been about is just, like you said, coming home and finding that safety and anchoring into the safety that is our body, because ultimately like this is our home. Like the body is the home. And if we can't feel safe here, that's when we then go out and start like making not great choices and decisions for ourselves that then have ripple effects beyond anything we can ever know. Um, so yeah, I love how, how parallel our, our journeys are with that. That's really cool. Yeah. And I feel like I, I, I I see this a lot with a lot of women. I feel like this is kind of like the undercurrent of why I, of the whole like body positivity and really like the, the diet culture and a lot of that stuff. I think that the undercurrent of that is, is general is what women are searching for. Yeah. Right. I feel like there's extremes in both sides, like healthy living and lifestyle, you know, the health and wellness industry. I feel like there's healthiness to it, but then like there's toxicity there. And I, I think it's the same thing with the body positivity movement. There's healthiness there. That's really great. And then there's toxicity there as well. And it's really just kind of navigating all of it and figuring out like what feels right for us and our body and yeah. yeah, Anchoring more into that. Um, the other thing you said though, and I was like, yes, I definitely want to talk about this was birth control because (laughs) I mean, 
I hear this all the time from women when they are either taking birth control or working with a gynecologist or just in general, like one. So for me personally, birth control was always deemed as the end all be all answer for all of my freaking problems. And yep. so I, like you, I went on birth control, not at, at 13. I went on when I was, I think I was like 15, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was really praised as this, it's going to make your periods better. Things are going to be better. And I was on it f- up until I had gotten pregnant with my oldest and seemingly no problems that I'm aware of. Right. Yeah. It was only after I had my oldest and I tried to go back on birth control that my body was like, nope, we don't fucking do this shit. It hated it. I was getting migraines. I was getting mm. sick. I started swelling up, gaining weight. And they were like, you can't gain weight on birth control. That's just a myth. And I'm like, well, I'm gaining weight and there's, you know, there's, oh, it's this or it's that, you know, you're probably just not eating right. And they kept switching me on birth control and just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so I ran through, like, I don't know how many before I finally said, I'm done. I'm not taking this anymore. And so I stopped birth control when I think I was around 23, 22, mm-hmm. I think yeah. periods of time I tried going back to it, but I still, again, kept feeling sick from it. Um, but as I've been struggling with, I have had a hysterectomy. And so I had everything removed except for my right ovary. My right ovary still loves to pop hemorrhagic cysts from time to time. Every single time I have a hemorrhagic cyst that lands me in the ER or the gynecologist's office, the first thing they say to me is, you know, you wouldn't have this problem if you would just go on birth control. And I was like, there has to be another way to help me. And they were like, no, it's only birth control. And then they would treat me like I was being, um, you know, like defiant or just hard to work with. I was a difficult patient and very dismissed. So share with more on birth control and like your experience and what Mm. you see. So I, I have probably a very unpopular opinion about birth control. I don't know for the, like I said, I got on it at 13 and I like you didn't have any like noticeable reactions to it. Like I, I was on it until I got, well, I actually got pregnant with my first daughter while I was on birth control, but I wasn't, (laughs) wasn't honestly, I wasn't educated on how to properly take it. So, you know, if if you are taking birth control, the birth control pill, you're supposed to take it at the exact same time every day. I didn't know that. I was a college student. I was 20, got pregnant with my oldest daughter at 20. Yeah, 20. And um, I didn't know how to properly take it. I've been taking it for seven years. And I hadn't been taught how to properly take it. So I got pregnant on birth control with her. And then obviously I came off of it and I didn't, like I said, I didn't really have any adverse effects that I know of. And then after I had her, I got the IUD. And again, I didn't really have any like noticeable adverse effects or anything like that, but it just started after I had my second daughter second daughter I don't know I've had so many kids guys I've had three kids in the last three years so <laughs> you're at like some starting point, to blur together <laughs> blurring together at some point I had an IUD implant I think I had an IUD implanted after my second daughter and um I had it for a couple no it was after my third it was after my third and I had it for a couple of, of months and I was like you know this 
this just doesn't feel right. It, it, it was when I started learning more about my menstrual cycle, I started to learn, found out I have four phases to my cycle and what each phase does. And, you know, that my body reacts differently during each phase. And that there's only one phase when I can actually get pregnant. <laughs> like, I'm like in my mid 20s at this point, And I'm learning about all this stuff. Meanwhile, I have this, this IUD, this birth control inside of me. And I'm like, I this just doesn't feel right. Like I want I, I want to know what my body's doing, when my body's doing it, why it's doing it, how I can best support it. And while I have birth control in, I am deeply disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I had like um, an IUD, the lowest um, dose of hormonal birth control via the IUD that you could possibly have, it still felt so out of alignment for me to have that in my body, knowing what I did knew, knowing about you know, my menstrual cycle and how the, my birth control was just disrupting it. And then on an energetic and a creative level, I'm, I was like severing my tie between myself and my creative potential as a woman, you know, because it like what birth control does is it literally just shuts down communication between um, your ovaries and um, your pituitary gland and, and, and all of the, the stuff that, that controls your hormones in your brain, it shuts down communication. So you're actively shutting down the connection and turning off what makes you your creative your your creative potential as a woman you're shutting it off and birth control I was listening to a podcast episode not too long ago and the guest on there was like you know birth control was originally um promoted and and marketed as this this liberation tool for women right it allows you to operate like a man you can have sex and not worry about getting pregnant and you you can just you can do all of these things like a man like a man like a man and have all this freedom like men do and so it, it was it was promoted and it still is i think as this this thing that provides women with liberation but the what what women are missing what we're missing in our modern society is that we're not meant to operate like men <laughs> Like we're not here to operate like men. And that's why, you know, we've been gifted these, these vessels that operate so differently. And, you know, we operate on a 28 day cycle instead of a 24 hour cycle like men do. And, you know, we, we miss out on so much of our creative potential and our, just our magic as women, when we fall for this idea that this is your liberation is in this pill, because it's going to allow you to show up like the higher valued sex in in society and it's just it's just so deeply misguided and it it pisses me off honestly it pisses me off when I stop and really think about it but at the same time I know we're all on our own journeys and you know I try and be sensitive to that but for me it just felt widely out of out of alignment to know what I what I knew and to still choose to be so deeply disconnected from my body and not also, it's, it's this piece of ownership and responsibility. Like, I want to take responsibility for what's going on in my body, you know, and, and being a sovereign woman, I want that. Um, I want that freedom. So I also want that level of responsibility. So um, it was a no brainer. It was a no brainer. Even after having three back to back consecutive pregnancies, I'm still not going to get back on birth control just because I, I'm not willing to sacrifice that level of connection to myself for convenience. So, you know. I don't know, to each his own, but I'm not a proponent of hormonal birth control, not to mention the fact that it, it's, it's just, it doesn't solve anything, honestly, um, in my opinion, but you know, again, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that you just share your viewpoint on it because I yeah. feel like there are a lot of women right now that are deeply resonating with that. And this is a conversation that needs to be heard. We, we need to have more of these uncomfortable conversations around things yeah. that for a long time, like you were saying, it's just kind of 
pushed upon us as this is the norm. This is the gold standard. This is just what you do. Oh, you're menstruating now. You should go on birth control. Oh, you're having a hard period. Go on birth control, you know, and, and my whole journey right now has really been about getting down to root causes and understanding why is the body responding this way? Why is the body talking to me this way? Why is the body reacting in this way? What is that? What am I missing? And what am I supposed to be hearing? And so the first thing I heard you say was how it's birth control is literally cutting lines of communication for your body. It's stopping a normal process. The body is supposed to be doing And when we do that and interrupt it in that way, what's the potential harm or side effects that then we're not receiving anymore. And being somebody who I've unfortunately be in, have been injured in certain ways due to this, oh, just do this. It's the gold standard, or this is the, the way to treat you. And there's no real, like looking at my body as a whole of, well, if we do this, it's going to greatly impact now all of these other systems. And I've been in this deep, now I'm having to clean up all of the systems because everything has just been so interrupted based off of like what it was supposed to be doing all along. And so Mm -hmm. I love that you bring that up into the conversation because I think that's super important and something that women might not be thinking about when they're on birth control. And I know some women that they've been feeling a deep inner, like calling of, it's like, my body's telling me, I don't want to be on it anymore, but then they're worried if they go off of it. Right. Then like, what's that going to mean? Um, and sorry, my dog is totally losing her shit right now. She'll get over herself. My husband just got home. I think that's why she's just like, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, but basically like this piece around, like, you know, getting into these phases and understanding these phases that you're talking about that we are supposed to be hearing and honoring and working with. Yes. And so like break that down a little bit. Cause I'm sure there's some women that are like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, to, just to piggyback on what you were just saying, like your body is communicating with you and all of these things, like the, the common period issues like um, severe cramps, heavy bleeding, um, missed periods, long, um, you know, extended cycles, um, just, just all of these things that are essentially promoted as, as normal because they're common. They're not normal. They are common, but they're not normal. And they're our body's way of communicating with us. And um, a great book, if any of your listeners are really interested in diving more into this, is Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. I think that's how you pronounce her last name, but that's really what opened the door for me. She was diagnosed with PCOS and told that her only option was to take a pill for the rest of her life, a birth control pill, and she refused to accept it. And she got busy and figured out how to heal herself and naturally healed her um, PCOS. And um, she breaks it down, her process in her Woman Code, which is what the the whole book is about. It's brilliant. And it's, it's, guys, it's all like the most simple things. It's like, eat a whole foods diet, exercise, minimize your stress levels. Like (laughs) very, very simple things, but they're not things that we're taught. So Mm -hmm. great resource for anyone who wants to dive deeper into that. Um, But yeah, so it was news to me when I found out we had these four different phases to our cycle. I always thought my period was just my period, the physical bleed. And um, 
you know, I was ashamed of that from the jump. It took me over a year to tell my mom that I'd actually started mine and I hid it uh, by just using like these toilet paper pads that I would hand make because I was, there was so much shame around it for me. Mm. And um, so I was never really taught about anything else. It was just, you know, your period is this thing that come, comes once a month and it's really inconvenient and the goal should be to shrink it, minimize it, make it go away as much as possible. And um, so I wasn't taught, you know, the magic that really is embracing our menstrual cycle. And for anyone who's not familiar, your menstrual cycle, the first day of your menstrual cycle starts on the first day of your period. That's your, your menstrual phase. So your physical bleed. Um, after that, you move into your follicular phase. Then you move into ovulation and your last phase is luteal. And each of those different phases, you have different energy levels and you have different um, things that you're more receptive to. And there are different ways to nourish your body with food and um, with movement and exercise. And then uh, also nourishing your emotional body and your, your, you know, your energetic body and, and things like that. There are just different ways that we can support ourselves throughout the duration of our menstrual cycle and not just during the physical bleed. And when we tap into that, guys, I actually align my entire business with, I mean, I, I just recently stopped being pregnant. Um, and, and while I was pregnant, I was aligned with the moon, the moon phases, because our menstrual cycle also mirrors the moon phases. So if you don't have a physical bleed for whatever reason, maybe you've had a hysterectomy or, or something like that, you can always align with the, the phases of the moon to kind of, you know, find some kind of uh, feminine rhythm. But um, uh, my business activities, everything aligns with up until this point, the, the, the lunar cycles. But once I, I have my first period postpartum, it'll realign with that. But aligning with that and showing up in your business or in your life or whatever you're doing, you know, when you have the energy to do it, instead of trying to do it, when you don't have the energy and then wondering what's wrong with yourself and then questioning uh, it, like for me personally, not being aligned with my cycle caused so much questioning, so much self-doubt, so much resentment, because I always thought there was something wrong with me because I, I, I wasn't taught how to work in alignment with my natural rhythms and my natural energy cycle. So I was always trying to force myself into alignment with an energy cycle that wasn't mine. Our society operates on a very masculine energetic cycle, the circadian rhythm. Um, which is the 24 hour cycle, this idea that we should be able to show up with the same energy, the same stamina over and over and over again. And that's how you produce results. And that's how you see success. Well, that's not how the female body operates. But that's not what we're taught, right? We're just taught to follow suit. And you have to show up a certain way in order to find um, certain results and see certain successes. And um, so learning about my cycle and these different phases and how to align with them was just it was transformational for me. Um, and it also just initiated me so deeply into more and more of that deep self-love and self-awareness. Um, that's just, it, it's been, it's been so huge in my life. I, I love that you brought the, the whole, if you don't menstruate though, how to still harness this energy, because mm -hmm. I feel like just like I, there was shame that I carried with myself of, this is my menstrual cycle. I'm so embarrassed about it. Like I still remember yeah. when I first got my period, you know, period. And I remember that shock and horror of like, is this no like, this is so much. It seemed like, yeah. right. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, like what happened? Yeah. And just like, you know, the just everything of just that constant worry, just like, Oh, can mm. somebody see, I felt like everybody could see I was wearing a, you know, a diaper. Like when I was yeah. you know, in, cause I was in sixth grade or, or so 
fifth or sixth I was grade. 11. Yeah. I was like fifth, sixth grade when I got it. That was like one of the first of the girls, I think, at least in my girl, you know, my friends, yeah. right. To get it. So then that felt even worse, you know, that I was the first one and just like, just embarrassed by it all. But then I reached this other layer of shame when my body, when I had the hysterectomy. So there was all of these things of feeling like now I lost something that felt like that defined me as a woman. Mm. I felt like all of a sudden I wasn't a woman anymore. And even though I knew it's not like everybody could see when I'm menstruating or at that, I have a uterus, but it's like, I felt so deeply disconnected from my uterus for so long because it had been such a source of pain. Yeah. She was always mad. She was, I mean, through one of my pregnancies, um, I had a lot of, um, cramping and contractions and they literally called it irritable uterus. Oh, wow. And I was put on bed rest for an irritable uterus. And I was like, there has to be a better term. Yeah. <laughs> like calling it. I was like, wow. So I feel like I just called it, carried all the shame over yeah. the uterus. And then here, I felt like I was going to feel so much better having it removed. Cause then I was going to be out of this physical pain, but then I was grieving this loss of feeling like now I have, have had something taken away. And as I you know, was expanding more in my spiritual journey, I started feeling like I'm not as connected in now as these other women that have a uterus and they bleed and they, they can go into these cycles. Cause I've heard these beautiful stories of how, when they really start working with their cycle they they literally sink right up to the moon cycle yeah. and it just starts to be this beautiful process. And I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something because I'm not. So the minute yeah. you said that I was like, Oh, like I should just, I need to just honor, just go move with the moon cycle. So like, yeah. what, what does that really like look like for somebody? Like if they're like, okay, well, but how do I do that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, we can just kind of go through each of the different phases. So, yeah. um, if we're going to start at the very beginning, so the first day of a physical bleed would be, um, equivalent to a new moon. So the new okay. moon cycle, um, it's the time to go within that's the time that is synonymous with the physical bleed. So it's a great time to go within, um, kind of get quiet, um, open yourself to receiving any downloads that create extra space for self-care. Um, in terms of business activities, I wouldn't be like in the process of selling or launching during that phase. I would, um, if anything, I would be tying up loose ends or, um, you know, kind of reflecting on a, a, a launch that I had just previously done, something like that. Um, but that's the, the time and I would do it, um, if I was specifically thinking up with the, the lunar cycle or just, I mean, just speaking in general, if, um, you, the first day of your physical bleed is the new moon, then I would do that day. And then the two days prior to that. And the two days after that would basically consist of my menstrual window, give or take a few days here or there. Um, so giving yourself that space for, you know, five, six, seven days or so to indulge in more self-care and rest and journaling more, more meditation. Um, that's also, if you are having a physical bleed, uh, the two hemispheres of our brain actually communicate more clearly during that window than any other time, which is why it makes us so much more intuitive and why it's such a great time for, you know, going within and getting quiet, kind of shutting out the noise of the external world. Um, so after that phase, we move into the follicular phase 
we can also kind of attach um, feminine archetypes to these. So the menstrual phase is synonymous not only with the new moon, but also with the crone energy, the wise woman. Um, and then we move into the follicular phase, which is the maiden. And this is the first quarter moon. Um, so this is a great time to kind of make plans. So if you're receiving the downloads during your menstrual phase in the new moon, then now you're, you're kind of putting a, an action plan in, in place um, during the follicular phase. And again, this is five to seven days. If you're having a physical, like you're, you're actually bleed, you have a physical bleed, then it might be a little bit longer, um, just depending on how long your cycle is. Um, but this is a time, like I said, to get some plans down on paper. You're also feeling much more creative. This is the maiden energy, the virgin energy. So lots of creativity, lots of excitement, um, rising energy levels, make you more receptive to new things, um, stuff like that. Then after the follicular phase, we move into ovulation, which is synonymous with mother energy, with the full moon, bringing your manifestations to, to, to fruition kind of thing. Um, your energy levels also make it a great time for communication, collaboration. So in terms of business activities or work, things like that, this is a great time to be at the forefront of your business or to launch the thing or to have the conversations or to schedule your three-day masterclass or your seven-day mini challenge or whatever it is. Um, your ovulation window is kind of when you feel yourself, you feel your best. Um, and again, that's synonymous with the new, or excuse me, with the full moon. And then after your... Um, uh, ovulation window is your luteal phase and this one gets such a bad reputation because it's the pms window it's associated <laughs> with um the third quarter moon and with this huntress energy or like kind of this bad bitch energy that she just like she just doesn't care and i it's, it's my favorite phase <laughs> of the whole cycle because it's just like it's like permission to really have no filter because you don't have a filter and you know it's it's just this time where you know, you might be a little bit more irritable. Your, your energy levels are beginning to decline. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the, of the, your luteal phase, your energy levels are still a little high from coming off of ovulation, but then they're going to gradually deplete as you move closer and closer to, to the new moon and to menstruation. But this is the time to tie up loose ends um, and to, to kind of begin preparations to go into that kind of more introspective menstrual phase. Um, but it's my favorite time, like I said, to just because it's like, it's just full permission to take down all of the the bullshit, take down all of the filters and just like be whoever it is you need to be during that cycle to, to bring that cycle to completion and to a close. Um, and then, you know, the, the cycle starts over, but um, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just, <laughs> I think it's the coolest thing. Mother nature just gives us a blueprint as women. Um, and again, whether you're, you have a physical bleed or you don't, the, the moon kind of mirrors it too, but it just, mother nature gives us the perfect blueprint to really operate our life by. And when we choose to fall in alignment with that, there's so much abundance that comes from it, whether it's, you know, in terms of, of your relationships flourishing or your health flourishing or your business flourishing or whatever it is. It's just, it's, 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 it's like cheat codes, guys. I love that so much, but it's like, it, it, it goes back to what you were saying though. We, as women physically, our bodies operate different than men and we, yeah. it operates different for men for a lot of obvious reasons, because we, huh. you know, we're going to be birthing children. We're growing yeah. people. Like that's yeah. the craziest thing to me. If you really sit there and think about it, like how bananas that is, what it's our body so does. Cool. It's so cool. It's like, I grow a person. 
a whole human a whole human like Mm -hmm. that's insane and so it's like yeah our body has to operate differently and this looks you know differently in a lot of ways like a lot of the things that you're talking about within these cycles you know if we look at it even from just like a, a very like um, scientific biological way. It's like, these are the hormones. There's different hormones that are being released within each period of time. Hence why also this is why our system is working at different levels at different times, because our body is shifting and doing things to create the opportunity for life every single month. It's so different than a man. That's not, they don't do that (laughs) every day. Yeah. And you can also think of it in terms of the seasons, like your menstrual phase is winter. Your um, follicular phase is spring. Your ovulation phase is summer. And then your luteal phase is fall. Like different things happen at at these different points. Like our bodies as women, literally, not only do they mirror the moon, they mirror like the seasons and nature. And it's just, I'm so glad that I was born a woman in this lifetime because it's just the coolest thing. And I want every woman to feel that level of connection and that level of reverence for her body because it is, it's like nothing else. I I feel like I sound like a crazy person when I say that because it's so not mainstream, but there's so much power in being a woman when we choose to see it and we choose to align with it, you know? Yeah. And choosing to align with that, just ever changing the waves, right? Like that feminine energy at its core, it is the ocean. It is the waves. It is the constant changing. It's these surges. It's this, these emotions it's, we are constantly evolving. And so even going back to like what we were talking in the beginning of this, like trying to control our body to look a certain way, instead of honoring that women's bodies change as we grow, like men's body changes too, but not the same way as a woman's does. Like no, our bodies go through so much to shift and change through, through over the years. And so it's like, instead of us trying to put all this pressure on ourselves to be like, you know, I, I'm striving to, to be better about not looking at my body when it was at its quote unquote fittest yeah. and being like, Oh, I need to work back to that. And I'm stepping now into, I'm, I want to nourish my body and get it really healthy and happy and supported and feeling safe now and whatever it needs to look like to embody that fully. I need to embrace it and love it fully. And like, this is what it feels like right now to feel nourished and happy and supported. And this is how it looks when it feels nourished and happy and supported. Yes. I love that. I love that when the goal is to nourish and support the body because you love it then I feel like, you know, everything else is just a a natural byproduct. Of course, you want to to move intentionally. Of course, you want to to make better choices in terms of what you're eating and how you're fueling your body. Of course, like those things, at least in my personal experience, it's just been so easy because I have this deep reverence for my body and I desire to support it. I desire to love it because I know it's this fucking sacred ass vessel that I've been given. (laughs) And it's so amazing. You know, so if I could go back and tell that version of myself before she started Beachbody, you know, one thing it would be like, throw away the scale, stop trying to be skinny and just start learning how to love yourself. And because everything else that you want is on the other side of that. And, and anything else that you try before you get that is just a bandaid and it's not going to actually heal the problem. Yeah. 
So for those women, and I know like for myself, because I'm, I'm now that I'm like this deeper understanding, instead of trying to get, cause I think what I was doing before was like, I need to try to figure out when my body is ovulating. So then I yeah. can try to like sink it that way. But then there was always these kind of like, am I, cause I used to be able to tell really well when I would ovulate, like I could feel it. I knew it. Yeah. I'm like, yep, definitely ovulating right now. But now I feel like there's some shifts and changes. I'm getting older. I'm 40 menopause. I'm like probably premenopausal right now, but it's hard for them to determine because of, you know, how they try to sort it out. And they're like, well, you're not menstruating. So it's harder for us to know. Um, I'm just going based off of like, I know when my mom went into premenopause, I have a feeling because I'm not noticing as much ovulating as I used to. I'm like, I'm probably getting close into there. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, instead of me trying to force my body, right. Cause there, there it again, I was trying to control it. Like, let me try to get my body doing this. So then I can tap into that freaking energy of like following the cycles and just yeah. embracing, okay, full moon energy, which is, is interesting that we're recording it now. We just are coming out of a very intense lunar yeah. eclipse and I was like, everything you were explaining about that full moon energy, I was like, that is exactly what I've been feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my body is just like, it's like my body already knew. And I think that that's the thing. If we just trust that our body already knows versus trying to like second guess it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. Just let it do and its thing. Yeah. And there, like, there's also this piece of like, something that uh, I used to hear a lot of people say is just like, listen to your body, listen to your body, listen to your body, because it, it knows what to do. There's also this other piece that I feel like it's, it's just worth mentioning. It's important to mention. Like we also have to develop um, our intuition, right? Mm-hmm. Like our intuitive skills in order to be able to actually hear the body, because it's really easy to mistake either the individual or the collective ego as our body speaking to us. Like just a really simple example is when, you know, given the option of like, you know, eating a cookie or choosing a salad or choosing a cheeseburger over a salad. Maybe you really do want the cheeseburger and intuitively your body's like, yes, like have this cheeseburger. You're going into menstruation. We could use the extra iron, right? So, you know, that would be an example of your leaning in and listening to your intuition and choosing the cheeseburger over the salad versus, you know, the, the ego saying, I want the instant gratification of the cheeseburger. So I think it's also important to note that the importance of developing the intuition mm-hmm. so that you can actually hear your body and not mistake um, your ego for your intuition, because I, that's something that I struggled with in my personal journey, because I was like, I really want to eat this whole entire packet of Oreos. But I, I don't think that's my, I don't think that's my intuition talking, you know, I really <laughs> want to not do anything. Um, but I think that's more just me wanting to be lazy instead of tapping into my intuition. So just kind of be careful there. Um, anyone who's like thinking about, you know, how you're, you're going to go about doing this, like make sure that you, you kind of tap into your unique intuition and you know how to, how to listen to it, how to identify it as opposed to like falling for, um, the ego, if that makes sense. No, that does. And I I think that that's a great thing to add in and a beautiful reminder to people as they're kind of like opening up to this of just. That's another thing that we have to learn when we're really learning the language in which our body is speaking is like, okay, but is this really our intuition? Is this really our body? Or even like, is this a fear or is this a lie? Or is this something that we were told to feel this way? And so going against that at first kind of feels kind of, I hate ever saying wrong, but it just doesn't feel 
right at first in our bodies, but that's just because it's been told to us for so long. Like, no, you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. So yes, I love that, that there is that little bit of kind of back and forth a little bit and figuring out that balance as you're learning more with you and your body. Um, but as women are kind of stepping into that, right. And they're listening more to their body maybe they're, they're getting more clicked into their cycle, whether that is their, their own natural cycle and the way that it's going, or they're choosing to sync up their body with the, the moon for whatever reason, they, they feel called to do it that way. Um, when you see women doing this, do you find that like, cause we were talking about, you know, PCOS or I have other women, they have endometriosis and all sorts of different, like you know, or really just horrible periods and things like that. Do you find that it's, it's easier to honor all of those things or that you're being able to better care for the body or have those symptoms start to become less intense as you're kind of honoring the sacred nature and process that the body wants to naturally go through with the, with its menstruation cycle? Yeah. So I just based on, you know, research that I've done and just anecdotal um, research that I've, I've collected from, from clients and friends and, and things like that. Yeah, it, it does seem to be a natural byproduct that when we begin to honor the body and also like not it's, <laughs> how do I want to say this? There's so much that goes into this. So it's, yes, it's tapping into the, the, the rhythms of the body, but then, you know, there's also this piece of like nourishing the body. And we can also talk mm-hmm. about hormone disruptors and kind of, you know, that gets into non-tox or low-tox living because I mean, anything and everything, our, your menstrual cycle is, is um, controlled by your endocrine system and um, your hormones. And it's all very, very delicate. So um, tapping into your natural cycle and really honoring that absolutely is going to help to begin to, to decrease some of those symptoms that you're experiencing, but also taking it a step further. And like, once you kind of understand, okay, I have these four cycles and this is how I can honor it in this phase and this phase and this phase, then taking it a step further and being like, okay, what kinds of foods should I eat during my luteal phase to really support myself as I move into menstruation? What kinds of foods should I eat during, you know, ovulation? Maybe I should up my my intake of, of detoxification foods because my, my estrogen levels are really, really high. So let me help my liver to kind of detox some of that extra estrogen that might be there. So um, taking it a step further with your nutrition and then also tailoring, you know, once you get that under control, maybe then tailoring your movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me with Beachbody, like the, the workouts are not meant to follow a woman's menstrual cycle at all. It's like, you know, especially some of the more intense ones, So learning how to kind of tailor your movement to support that. And then, you know, maybe eliminating some of the more toxic um, products that you might be using that might just be in your house, like laundry detergents and makeup and deodorants and lotions and soaps. And all of that can impact our endocrine system, impact our hormone functioning and impact our experience of our menstrual cycle. So it's this holistic picture kind of this big picture thing but to begin I would just say just start tapping in and and listening to your body and finding that rhythm and then kind of start layering things on if you still feel called to do that um but yeah to answer your question absolutely when we start to honor the rhythms some of those more quote-unquote negative symptoms do begin to to deplete and and decrease and if you want to see more of that then just know that there are multiple layers that you can kind of kind of approach this from. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Because I feel like that's obviously what I've been doing. Yeah. 
in a way, I mean, it wasn't due to obviously menstrual issues. Um, as I've been honoring this healing process of my body and getting it, the support that it needs to be able to essentially detox and heal and realign the systems because all of my organ systems were all really thrown off. Everything was really yeah. bad. My gut health was, was shit. My liver was not doing well. I ended up getting, um, Epstein-Barr virus and mono over the summer. So my system was just mm -hmm. like in a massive flare, so many fires in my system and learning how to properly nourish and support my body, which is a lot of what you're talking about in the, with the endocrine system, right? Because all those functions were all off, you know, yeah. even though I would go, I remember thinking like, God, I feel like hormonally something feels off. And this was yeah. after even my hysterectomy. And I kept going to the gyno and I kept just begging them, like, can you test my hormone levels? Like, I feel like something's off. And they would just always be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's you're fine. That the, there's nothing to worry about. And then I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think finally they, they tested my hormone levels, but even still, they were just kind of like, well, it's really hard to like really see your hormone, even just off of a basic test. And so they were just very dismissive saying like, I mean, things look fine, but we, I mean, we just never really know. And I was just like, I, I just kept feeling so defeated. And it yeah. was when I started working with my natural path and she was looking at a lot of other things other than just like a hormonal reading. It, she was looking at like, how are all my other organs functioning? And then like yeah. putting that all together, like as a big kind of like puzzle of taking all of the data together, then she was like, oh yeah, your hormone levels are probably really out of whack. And these things are probably not being either, you, you might have the enough hormone, but because then this, this area here isn't working properly, it's not absorbing it, or it's not utilizing it and tapping into that hormone because this signal isn't getting sent properly. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, how can we supplement? How can we remove toxins out of the, the system? Um, and like what you're saying, whether it's things we're ingesting or things that are in our environment that we're not always like paying attention to, right. Like sense yeah. or things that we put on our body or, or, you know, whatever environmental toxins. Um, yeah. that's been a huge thing for me recently. Um, and especially gut health, I feel like gut health is something that people just don't talk enough about. And they don't realize that gut health and our endocrine system and our hormonal levels and what's going to really impact our menstrual menstruation cycle. That's all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. Gut health is so like just so crucial to so many different things. And, you know, there are studies that are coming out now. They're saying there's a connection to poor between poor gut health and um, rising, you know, instances of depression and anxiety because of the gut mm -hmm. and brain connection. Yeah. You know, if your gut health is off, like the body is just such a, I mean, it's, it's so resilient, but it's also so delicate. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing a rise of things like anxiety and depression alongside gut health issues and, you know, relying so heavily on birth control and, and other like pharmaceutical products and stuff like that, because they also wreck our, our gut health too. So I don't think it's a coincidence that those things are happening hand in hand. So, um, that's so interesting. And I'm so glad that you got the help that you needed from your naturopath and you were finally seen and heard in, in your concerns. That's so huge. 
Yeah. I, and I really, every woman that's listening to this right now, if you're feeling that you're not being certain seen, you're not being heard the episode that I actually, um, did just recently that's on the podcast, please go back and listen to that one because we kind of go into that about how to advocate for yourself and learning how to be your own voice when it comes to being in, um, a doctor's office and really being able to trust in your own body and your own experience and where's the red flags and how to get the help that you need. I think like it took a long time for me to get the help that I needed for my body. Um, but I think it's just, it's super important for women to know that there's many ways to help and support the body. It's not just one way. There's tons of ways. And Logan, what I love best about this conversation is just, again, opening up for women, a whole other way to be addressing some of maybe these issues that they're having. Cause it's scary. I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe, you know, like the amount of women that are dealing with some type of disruption in their reproductive organs. Like, I feel like it's a, it's yeah. a horribly scary number. Yeah. I don't know the number right off the top of my head, but I, I can imagine it's, it's very, very high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, think it's a hundred percent, but it's gotta be up there. I mean, I feel like it's a hundred percent in terms of you're just talking about how many women feel like they struggle with some bad, like they have a bad month or they're having yeah. bad PMS symptoms. Like I think every single woman can relate to that in one way, shape or form. But I do think that it is a very high number of women are dealing with other types of things on top of that, whether it's PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, all sorts of other things. So I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to dive deeper, definitely give Logan a follow. I'm going to be putting all of her information down below so you can go follow her and so you can dive deeper into these conversations with her. And I know you have your own podcast as well which I am sure you even dive more into this. Um, because like you said, there's, there's a lot of things that can be affecting the, um, our cycles. And so we were just really kind of scratching the surface. You guys like this is a big topic to try to address all in one episode. It really is. There's so much. So if, if you have any specific questions, if anything sparked for you while you were listening to this, please don't hesitate slide into my DMs. They're always open and I'm more than happy to support you in any way that I can. So just don't, don't be shy. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the thing that I want to encourage more and more and more is for women to know that they are not alone. They are never alone in their journey. There are so many women. I know that I talk to on a daily basis, messaging me saying like, I've been through a hysterectomy or I had postpartum depression or I, this, or I, that, And they were feeling alone. And it was only once they, you know, they, they saw other women sharing their story and can, and they reached out because they were just brave enough to reach out and extend a hand that they started getting more of the help and the support that they needed. And I am a firm believer that the more women that I can connect into spaces like this, the faster our healing is the more support that we're going to get. Because when, when women come together, it's seriously rapid healing can occur. It is powerful. It's powerful what our bodies can do as one, but it is like a fierce to be reckoned with when women sink our energies together for, for transformation, for healing, for, you know, for the greater good. It's, it's powerful to see. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. So Logan, before we let you go, uh, is there anything you want to share in terms of how people can work with you and be supported with you? Cause I am sure there's probably going to be women. Like how do I access more of this creative feminine energy that she is talking about? Yeah. So I, um, right now I currently have a couple of private spots. So um, if you're looking for a one-to-one support or anything like that, that's available. Um, I do kind of both like a combination of, um, you know, reconnecting with the divine feminine and reactivating all of that within yourself. And also in conjunction with um, business coaching, because like I was saying at the very beginning, as women were creator beings, and it would be silly not to leverage that power to create something really, really powerful and beautiful in the world, whether it's a business or a family or whatever. So um, I kind of blend, you know, this, this womb wisdom with this very sacred strategy and, and help women with that. Um, so if you're a business owner and you're looking for that kind of expansion, then let me know. We can work together privately. I also, I, this is the first time I'm going to announce this, Blair. Your listeners are getting like first dibs on this. I'm actually launching um, a 90-day business accelerator next week. Um, nice. called quantum shift where we're going to kind of bring all of this together. We're going to be working on the energetics. We're going to be working on embodiment. We're going to be working on sacred feminine rewilding, which is something that I'm bringing into my, um, my business, uh, in 2022, um, in conjunction with all of like, again, the very masculine things. And this, I love blending the, the feminine and the masculine. So we're doing all of the feminine energetics alongside building out your product suite, learning how to create your first offering, learning how to launch your first offering. So, you know, really learning how to run your business from the standpoint of a powerful and sovereign woman. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that. That's coming next week. Um, I'm not sure what day this is going to drop, but it's this coming, should like, launch right on Black, um, Black Friday. that'll be perfect so you're gonna listen to this and you can just go scurry your little happy ass along over to logan's page that's right and you're gonna get in it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's um those are the only two paid offerings i have right now but i have i do um master classes all the time i have podcasts i have a brand new baby facebook group that you're welcome to join called the maven collective um and then just I try and put out content daily. Um, So just come and hang out and shoot me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode and we can just connect and that'll be, that'll be awesome. I love it. I love you so much. I'm so glad you were able to come on and just to share in your wisdom and all the magic that you are pumping out into the world. I just adore you. I love watching your journey. I just, I, I just feel so honored to be able to have connected more with you and have you here on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you, Blair. This has been incredible. I'm so grateful. And thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out. Um, I'll see you on Instagram. (laughs) Yes. All right. You guys, if you loved this episode, cause I know you did because it was pretty freaking amazing. I mean, I'm geeking out over it. I loved it so much. (laughs) So make sure that you share this, um, tag us, share your takeaways. Like Logan said, slide into the DMS, ask her any questions you may have, and I will see you guys on the next episode.